This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 108 of the Radio Freest Van podcast. I feel like it was just yesterday we were doing the 107. <laughs> like I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like this. I just got done saying this. This is a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I got my powerful co-host Scott. Go and say what's going on, Scott. Hey, just so you guys know, when Space Force becomes a thing, I'm blowing this fucking popsicle stand. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to record you like from like a NASA satellite, man. Like, cue, to... cue the fucking cue the fucking montage of Scott. It's gonna be like Kurt Russell from Soldier, where it just goes a montage of him like shooting people <laughs> on different. <laughs> he's really, just more, he's just getting more lines tattooed on his face, like murdered, <laughs> murdered space. Uh, space Africans or whatever, like murdered space Afghans, murdered space French people, murdered space. <laughs> really, it's just going to be me on the moon, like burning a pot full of shit with a with like a big picket in a spacesuit. Like, damn it, God, digging damn a, it, digging a latrine. <laughs> yeah, digging a latrine on Mars. Like, fuck. Fucking and that feed, other voice you're hearing space is... cats to face space cats to space lizards underneath a hut <laughs> yeah. in a space jungle, space komodo dragons. Yeah. So yeah, that other voice you're hearing is powerful, Ryan. See what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, guys? I can't wait till we get space force uh, call-ins. Like you know, we're gonna get like okay. So at first things are really cool. We got to Drake Tang all the time, <laughs> and. <laughs> But now it's getting old. Well, we were talking like space doesn't seem as cool as it sounds. Like from watching like watching sci-fi shows and then like talking to people that actually know a little bit about space and like the things you don't think about. Like because now that people are doing movies and TV shows and you know like the sci-fi genre is, I mean it's always been popular, but it's getting to the point where people want to make it realistic. You know what I mean? It's not like the '60s or whatever. So like yeah, somebody right. was talking last night. That if you're in zero G's, if you're just in one spot and you're not moving around and you breathe, you die. the carbon di- the carbon dioxide that bleeds out like sticks to your face. So if you like fall asleep and you don't move or you don't have anything like blowing across your face, you yep. fucking suffocate in your sleep from carbon dioxide poisoning. <laughs> That's true. You just fucking die. So they have to sleep in an area with a fan that constantly blows the air across their face. To keep the carbon dioxide from sticking to their face as they just like hang and you've out. You've got to like climb inside a barrel to take a shit so it doesn't yeah. like turn into a fucking violent diarrhea tornado inside your <laughs> capsule. <laughs> Somebody was talking about they were watching The Expanse and they had like this fucking thing happen where a bunch of people died and there's blood everywhere. But because it's zero G's, the blood is just like floating around and there was these fuckers like. Just like floating around in their spacesuits with a shot vac, just sucking the blood out of the air, like cleaning the ship. <laughs> Dude, for real. Like, Scott would be the blood guy. He's like, oh, <laughs> somebody shit again. <laughs> just get the blood oh, guy. Do, damn he, it. <laughs> he's certified for all all bodily fluids. <laughs> yeah. All this freeze dried ice cream everyone's eating is making a fucking 
<laughs> Spanking one off in the fucking latrine because you're just wound so tight and it just floats right up your nose instead of going. Hey, who out left on... the lid off the Elmer's glue bottle? Oh my god, that's not what that is. <laughs> Guys, you know we're at zero G's. You know it's gonna. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, Space Force, man. Like it's a that was that one's out of left field, right? I mean, right? Am I right? Like, <laughs> that is. It <laughs> <laughs> like so many people like that are our friends on Facebook. Like so many veterans are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get in on that. Like I'm like <laughs> sign me well, back yeah, up. The, the best the best meme ever is that one that Scott posted. Of the fat thing, it's so good. I've showed everybody that the veteran that it's like a smiley face with arms reaching towards. It says like veteran on his chest, and then it's reaching towards Space Force, and then this big bully thing is like pulling it away, and it says fatness on it, and like that's pretty much uh so good i I want like i want i want people to call into our voicemail and give us what they believe would be the shittiest jobs you can get at space force that's what i sincerely want 209 rfi 30k zero like the shittiest jobs you can think that you'd like just like somehow you would get assigned unfortunately like you'd get sold up that you're gonna get into space and then they tell you that you're the oh, dude. You'd you'd missed it, Scott. You weren't here for Chris Duncan's story. You know, his son just got out of boot camp and all that, and he got right. sent on his first uh, assignment or whatever. He's in Germany, so he just got to Germany, and um, Chris was talking to him and he messaged him. He goes, "Did you try any beer yet? Have you tried the beer over there?" And he's like, "Fuck no." He's like, "I was the third group over here." The group before me got here the day before. The first thing they did was go out and get shit-faced, and the one guy came back to base and passed out on the lawn right in front of the first sergeant's quarters, and he came out and found him first thing in the morning. Now they've banned <laughs> all fucking alcohol off the, the base, for every, so I'm not even going to get to try any. <laughs> that's, dude, that's textbook definition of a blue falcon right there, man. That's fucking... That's what that is. <laughs> Way to fuck it up for the rest of us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he got he got beat with soap bars inside pillowcases. If I <laughs> if I know anything about military punishment by the movies I've watched, <laughs> he's... Dude, being being stationed in Europe is the shit because the legal drinking age everywhere over there is at least eighteen. You know, like I think Great Britain's like sixteen or something. So. I got to get over there as an 18 year old and I'm like, ah, oh, man, you know, it sure would, sure would be cool if I could drink and all. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Drinking. Like, can man. <laughs> I was like, and that's all I remember. Three years later, I woke up and I was back in America. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, man. <laughs> Legal age for meth is 21 over here. <laughs> like, <just> yeah. <laughs> drink all you want, buddy. Uh, so we got a good episode for you guys going on. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and go into some hobby progress as per usual. Uh, we're going to go ahead and 
listen to some voicemails. I don't think we got a lot just because we kind of covered up, like we're recording so close to the last time that we do not have a whole bunch of voicemails. And then we're going to go over some emails and questions, and then we're going to go into our list section where we're going to go over some lists. Uh, I know you guys are patiently waiting for the World Eater episode. Um, it's on its way. I mean, we, we talked about it right before we started recording that we need to get it done. And I think that'd be next episode, right? Seems like unless something crazy happens. Yeah, yeah. I'm so going to make you guys record Militia instead just to fucking make yep. all the World Eater players so mad. It's going to be so great. I cannot wait. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. I hope that. Everybody has to be forced to listen to why Sentinels are pretty decent <laughs> versus they are hearing hearing they are. about Angron. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what's going on hobby progress, guys? Wise guys, what you been working on? I uh, airbrushed a bunch of BattleTech stuff and painted a bunch of Chris Duncan's BattleTech stuff. Built a bunch of Dark Age models because I'm getting ready for. A Dark Age tournament next weekend. Um, had game night last night. So I got to herd a bunch of fucking cats and buy a bunch of people chicken. And I wrote the rules for the Zone Mortalis event, finally. And those are I on fi- the Facebook page? Or not on the Facebook yep. page. Those are actually on the uh, heresycamp.com. If you go there, you can go to the schedules. You look at the Zone Mortalis. It'll give you an idea of what's going on in Zomortalis at Heresy Camp. And that's it, I think. That's really all I've done. Hey, Ryan, before we started recording, you were talking about a... And, and like I know it's not Horse Heresy, it's not 30K, but like I was so intrigued by what you were saying. I feel like it could benefit the wargaming community in general. Uh, you were talking about basically that qualifier uh for the i guess that battletech qualifier or dark age dark age no qualifier. dark age oh how they do their tournament system the mti tournaments yeah could you like just like let our listeners like tell our listeners about that because like i feel like we don't totally have like a whole bunch of support from games workshop and a lot of things and i feel like if like i think that's such a cool system like such a cool fucking idea well, the only thing is, because it's a tournament, it's just about yeah. winning, which is fucking lame. Like, if you made the tournament where top prize was a mix of painting, sportsmanship, yeah. army comp, and fucking winning, which is how it should be, because that's the fucking things that make up miniature sport gaming. We're not a bunch of free throw shooters at the all-star competition, like I always like to say about <laughs> tournament war gamers. Because um, it's like... All they do is care about the one fucking thing and pretend that it's something it isn't when they're really just not wargaming. They're doing, I don't know what they're doing, but it's not miniature wargaming. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you did it where it was set up correctly, where you, you had like all the things mattered, but the way Dark Age does it is if you win their event, like these, they have these things called the MTI uh, system or MTI tournament. So there's all these little MTIs everywhere. And if you win, you get this thing called a blood gelt. So in Dark Age, a blood gelt is like a little ingot. Like it's their money. It's the fake money for that world and their fluff. So there's like, I forget how many cities there are in the main continent. There's like 12 cities, something like that. Each city mints its own blood gelt. 
and each one like looks slightly different and is a different shape and they're like these little ingots with a stamp on it and so they're each unique to each of the cities so every year uh for the tournament system so like 2017 the blood gelt looked like a little like silver ingot they're just like a little rectangle and then the ones for this year are like uh i think they're octagon or hexagon shaped and they look more like a coin but they're a little bigger but anyway if you win an mti event you get a blood gelt and then what happens is they have one big tournament called immortals that's at the cool many or not convention in atlanta and the only way to enter that immortals event is to have a blood gelt so you have to bring the blood gelt that you won to the tournament and when you get there you all line up so you form a line and brian the guy who's the creator of dark age of the game he's got an actual anvil set up like a real life anvil with a punch and a hammer and the the punch has a skull emblem like a skull symbol on it and you set your blood gelt on the anvil and brian strikes it and puts that skull stamp in it to show that it's been used and then you get your blood gelt back, and then you get to enter the tournament. So it's kind of neat. And then if you win the Immortals tournament, they create a... You get to sit down with Brian, who's the main games designer dude, and design your own model. And then they actually put it into the story and the fluff of the game and all that. That's so fucking dope. Like I was just thinking, like okay, let's see, let's say like you did do it right. Like let's say that there is a Horus Heresy blood gelt, right? And the only way to get said blood gelt was to be like the the overall best war gamer at like a narrative heresy event. And so when you did have this like major narrative event going on, and the only uh, the only invitationals that were given out are to the like coolest dudes. You'd have like just a shitload of like people's champions like at this tournament, like the coolest dudes you've ever met in the hobby. It'd be like a bunch <laughs> of like Joshua De La Rosa's, like just you know, just yeah. buying each other beer and stuff, and like, oh, it'd be so tight. Be but like, let's be honest, like if you go, like if you go to Adepticon, a lot of the Grand Legion narrative stuff at Adepticon is already like that. I mean, you don't have yeah. your own blood guild or whatever, but the people that you play with, like, all great. take it. Yeah. They are all cool dudes. They all have painted armies. Most people don't bring dick lists. Like, it's pretty great. Yeah, you're right. No need. No need for but a blood it, Well, I mean, it's still cool. Like, it would be if it was officially sanctioned by GW or Forge World or whoever, where you got to earn that. <laughs> you earn that, like, little award. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But, and then, like, if you won, I don't know if they, like, uh, had to answer like five of your FAQ questions or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> send you a cake, maybe, maybe bake yeah. a cake and mail it to us. Yeah, like I don't know. Like, ha- have to legitimately respond on social media where it's not just commercial dictating things to you. Like, have to actually like answer a question or interact without pretending like they are. I don't know, something like that. You just sit in front of a writer and like I've 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 won. I've had the best painted army amongst all these people. I've had, I'm the best player. I'm the most liked player in the nation right now. I will answer one question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do, do Tataras Terminators get to take Storm Shields? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Fuck! 
<laughs> no. <laughs> uh, they just, they you, just like you the fucking curtains fall poorly. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's like you get to you go up to this big fucking steel riveted door with the fucking Gaze Workshop logo on the front. And you have to like knock three times, and then like the fucking <laughs> slot opens up, and they're like, "Ask your question." You ask it, and they like say no, and then just slam the slot closed. It's like <laughs> ah fuck. <laughs> then they then they open it real quick and spit on you. <laughs> Close it. <again>. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you come back like fucking like uh, like Moses with the uh, was it Mo- yeah with Moses with like the the giant stone. <laughs> it's like, this is, your, this is your one FAQ question. <laughs> like, just I hold it, it up and it just says no. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> is this where I'm supposed to come to get my FAQ question? Yes. Question answered. <laughs> Close the door. Fuck. <laughs> I just I think that's cool, man. I think that's cool that they do the community like that. It's a, especially getting like added into the game. Like I like uh, I like gaming systems that do that, where like you can be like, like commemorized in the game. Like you are a character. Like, especially you know, like thinking about that in like Horse Heresy. It's or, like just in Games Workshop in general. It's such a huge universe that they absolutely could do something like that. Like. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. So check it out. That's mine. That's my blood guilt. So you got a blood guilt? Is it stamped? Yep. No, it's not been used. Who'd you, you have to, to? Who'd you have to kill to get that? So Brian, the guy who's the main creator of the game, Whenever he goes to an event, like he went to Michigan GT, and he's come down here and played in our club, he always brings a few with him, and you can challenge him to a one-on-one personal game. He's the creator of the game, and if you beat him, he'll give you one. Oh, so you just got to knock his face in, so you shit all over Brian, and bam. Yes, I did, <laughs> with his own ar- with his own army. I did. I, I, I had already taken my stuff out to the car at Michigan GT, and he hey, you want to play a game real quick? And I'm like, I just put my shit away. I'm like, do you have two armies here? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, what do you got? And he's like, I got core and shadow cast. And I'm like, well, I'll play one. I go, what do you want to play? And he goes, I'll play my core. And I'm like, I'll, I'll try these shadow casts. I've never played them before. Oh my I God. stomped him. I took a single wound in the entire game. <laughs> Didn't even lose a model. Just one wound on a two wound model and tabled him. Blood guilt. It's pretty awesome. Blood, Blood yeah. It's like you, uh, like that's some like Yu-Gi-Oh shit, where like he's like writing the rules and like implementing new rules at every turn. You're like, no. <laughs> he's like, well, no. too bad you he's, can't use that terrain. <laughs> he's 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 legendarily bad at his own game. Just so you know, it's really funny. Oh man, you just gave the secret away of how to get a blood guilt. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the easiest way. Sorry, Brian. It's true though. <laughs> not it's not that his strategy's bad his dice are awful like anything that can go wrong for him always does like it's so bad i mean things <laughs> that things that should never happen always happen um and you can even watch he like live streams most of his games and he always loses and it's always like like it's all it's most of the time it's dice shit it's pretty funny 
I just feel I'd be like writing the rules, like changing it. So like a one works. See, it says it right here in the rules. I just updated. <laughs> a one does work. You want to roll low in Dark Age, so a one's the best you can roll. Oh, a 17 works. I don't know if it's D20. I feel it's like it's D20. It is. It, yeah. It is. It's D20. <laughs> so, so I want to I I win this other event. So, well, for one, I'd get another Blood Gelt, which is good. Because they're, they're, uh, they last forever as long as the game's oh, going. Shit. So I can... So if you go eight years from now, you can get your you can still use it. Um, but it's uh, so crazy. That's some like movie shit. When like like when when nerddom like blows up here in like the next five years because we're gonna have esports and shit like that. And so blood guilt. It's like dark age is gonna be fucking huge. It's gonna be like uh, like borderline nfl style like super bowl championship and there's gonna be some dude who like just goes to every tournament and like professionally flies out and wins all the blood gelts and he's like i will go undefeated because nobody can challenge me and like a like long gray bearded ryan kimmel is like gonna come up and like <laughs> slam his blood gelt down <laughs> no that's <laughs> that's such an old uh, version of the blood gelt and Brad's gonna be like tied up, chained up, all like hungry and shit. Let him play. It's in the rules. <laughs> and then that then uh, Tom Sawyer's gonna start playing. A Monday one. <laughs> It'll be so fucking badass. Oh, that's man. But anyway, so cool. I just I do think they're I do think they're cool. So the one this year, like I said, is like uh, octagonal or whatever. It looks pretty sweet. So I just want the new design, just because I think they're neat. It's pretty cool. <laughs> in my mind, I just imagine where you like, like in fifty years, you chain like you train up a, like some little like, little boy to play Dark Age to go like dethrone this like guy who keeps beating everybody, and he like send him to a tournament and he loses. He's like, I I couldn't beat him. And he's like, you'll go. He's like, but I don't have a blood guilt. And you just like reach under your table, pull out like a case. You just <laughs> blow off the dust. <laughs> you have pull a blood guilt. <laughs> An unstamped blood guilt. <laughs> and you got to uh, make up some crappy origin story where I got like crippled in a fire for the year before I went to origin. It's like the plane crashed on the way there and I lost my leg and couldn't play or something like uh, you got hit by an arc flash at work like the Thursday before you were supposed yeah. to leave. It it's, blew it's, your legs off. It, se it seared my eyeballs out, so I'm yeah, blind. That's it. So I can't, that's that's, it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You're blind, so you can't play. Yeah, it's 100% what it would be. Yeah. See, like, blood gelts are so cool. Like, even if we don't get to have all that cool shit, like, one may transfer one blood gelt. It's in the rules. <laughs> Let the boy oh, play. That that's the other cool thing about this. So once you have it, like I have this, I can do whatever I want with it. So like if, if like I can put this on the line for any game I play. So that's like what they're actually intended to do. So like if I won the event and I had two of them, it's kind of like encouraged through the community to like gamble one, like go play games with like a random person in a store and be like, pull it out <laughs> of your pocket and be like, Hey, look what I got. And then like, let's play a game for this type of thing. It's kind of fun. I'm blind. I can't play. There's nothing I can do, but my golden retriever knows how to play Airbud 14. <laughs> Give him the blood gelt. It doesn't say anywhere in here that he can't play. <laughs> uh, There's just so many so possibilities silly. with the blood gelt. So many possibilities. So what about you, Scott? What are you working on? What did you do this week? 
Uh, I went to our like our bi-monthly Kentucky 30K campaign day. So we uh, we met at a place called Hard Knocks Games in Elizabethtown, Kentucky this past weekend. And had a really good turnout. Had about 10 or 12 people. And first off, Hard Knocks Games is a game store inside the mall, like the town mall of Elizabethtown. And it is fucking very nice. Like they have a lot of product in store and a lot of hobby stuff. Like... They had the full range of scale 75 airbrush paints and stuff and a full range of Vallejo game air, all that stuff. And, um, all kinds of AK interactive weathering powders, all the, all the good shit. And then all kinds of models. They had a little bit of battle tech there and, uh, you know, star Wars stuff, star Wars Legion stuff, Gundam scale, scale models and lots of table space. Very friendly staff. We had a really good called? time. What's the place uh, called real quick? Hard Knox Games, H A R D Knox is spelled K N O X, like Fort Knox. Yeah, that's okay. kind of you know it's near, <laughs> near there. But uh, so we met up there, and uh, Keith Keith Craycraft of uh, Ashland, he's he's the guy who organizes the Kentucky 30K Horse Heresy page and uploads all our campaign info to Os 30K and all that. We have like a little system the Kenuck system, like short for Kentucky, spelled K-E-N-U-C if you use OS30K. He uploads all the battle reports and data and campaign stuff to that. But um, So we went up there, got some games in, and uh, had some new players, you know, show up that are, uh, you know, some of them are 40K players that are heresy curious and all that stuff, and they brought their armies out. It seemed like they had a pretty good time, and Everybody got at least two games in at 2,500 points, and we're, we're planning on, we're going to have like a big narrative event August 11th in Lexington, Kentucky, at a place called the Battle Forge, and that'll be like a, an all-day thing, like two or three games. It'll follow our, our narrative track that we have going for the OS 30K system currently. And then in October, which will be the next like bi-monthly cycle, we'll playing here in Louisville and that'll be kind of like centrally located for all the people in Indiana who might want to come down and stuff and then our Kentucky players so um, we'll do that at a place called Heroes Comics Game which has a big big uh, table space as well so it was a lot of fun man I got to bust out my armor breakthrough list for my iron hands and play play some good games with that and uh Having really good success with that list. I mean, it's very versatile and fast moving and packs a lot of firepower and stuff and plays very much in the theme I'm trying to accomplish with my iron hands, like that, you know, mechanized infantry kind of feel. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, now I think I'm probably, I've played like five or six games with that list and I feel like I got it down. So probably going to move back to playing with my iron warriors for a little while i know in august for our narrative event i'm going to run my solar ox because i haven't i haven't played with them in like fucking forever so i'll do that but uh everything's going good man i'm working on some some uh biotech stuff right now i don't, I don't have anything else you know i've painted all my 30k stuff so uh just kind of taking it easy enjoying what i got fuck yeah man that's awesome that's awesome you get that many people together to, to like, just... Pl- like, how often do y'all do that? Is it, like, monthly, or...? 
bi-monthly. So we'll, we rotate in between Ashland, Kentucky and this side of the state. So we'll, we'll move around wherever the meetup's at. So that way, wherever, wherever people are from, you know, when it's your turn, you don't have to drive as far. So if you're from Bowling Green, you don't have to drive fucking two hours to Louisville every, you know, bi-monthly cycle to play 30K. You might only have to drive 30 minutes or whatever if we hold it in the city. So just bounce around and hold it wherever, you know, who, whoever's turn it is to have a, to host it. Um, Keith really puts a lot of work. And those guys, like, they live on the side of Kentucky that's like Ohio and West Virginia. So it's a fucking haul for them do all this so to travel that far and then also be the one who updates all the facebook and all that like good stuff take all the pictures he does a really good job so that's really appreciated and uh he does really good work and everyone who has who's been to one of these seems like they've had a great time and it's been a really good opportunity to kind of network and meet people and kind of make those connections because you know i live in a city of a million people so it it's hard to meet everyone and have the opportunity to you know you know make friends make those connections and stuff and have the opportunity to play pick up games with people so this this kind of streamlines that process so it's been really really uh beneficial to all of us so really appreciate his work and you know, a lot more good things to come from that. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. And like, how many people are in that group that like try and make it? Like, I know you said you had a good number show out, but like, is there a ton of people in like Louisville that just play or just in Kentucky in general that play 30 K. So, so our Facebook group encompasses everyone in Kentucky. And then, you know, some people from Southern Indiana, like three or four players from there. Uh, we probably 50 members of that Facebook group, like 40 to 50 members. So, you know, pretty, pretty sizable portion. And we've had really consistent turnouts every, to every bi-monthly thing. So a lot of fun. And I know I've talked to some local players here that are, you know, 40 K converts that are, that are thinking about playing 30 K more so. So it just keeps growing, at least in my state. And that's that's really reassuring and good to see. I hear you, man. That's awesome. That's that's super cool. I uh I envy I envy that many players. Like but you're also in a giant, giant, giant city, so I kinda wish Houston would have something like that. Like I I know there's a bunch of heresy players in Houston, but they're all kind of like garage players or, you know, they uh they don't. They don't. Uh, I guess network with each other. So, right. And I think one thing that helps is, you know, one the rotating host site. You know, we pick a place every bi-monthly cycle where people can go, and you know, just you know, that way that burden's kind of spread out amongst everyone as far as travel requirements go. It's also, you know, we, we host it very casually. You know, it's, there's no pressure. You don't have to really worry about much. All we really ask is, you know, that you you paint your shit and are, you know, well-behaved. Cool, 
So yeah. just show, yeah, just show up and you know play, and that's pretty much it, man. And the, everything else is taken care of for you, so there's not a lot. And I know some people um, would call you an elitist for that, Scott. But let's I go on. yeah, okay, all right, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I've been called worse. That's all right. <laughs> of all the evils of this world, if if all someone could do is hold the fucking sins I committed in the war gaming community again, <laughs> I'm doing all right. But, but uh, I know Keith had talked to Andrew Hollis, and there, he's uh, Keith got some like dog tags from him and all kinds of stuff from prize support, and we're we're doing a whole bunch of stuff for this August 11th thing. I know That's they tagged event games is uh, Andrew Hollis tagged events, right? And they um they're printing up custom templates and phosphex markers and stuff. So that'll all be on a first come first serve basis. So if you're in the area and you're interested, you know, go to Kentucky 30 K ask to join. I thought it was October. What's the August thing? The August 11th one is, uh, is the narrative we're holding in Lexington. And then okay. October will be a bi-monthly meetup. So the August 11th one will have a little more production value, you know, is uh is that one is that a Saturday? Uh, it should be. Okay. So, so um, that'll be a really you know a, a good one. We'll have lots of they'll they'll have probably support for and you know I uh, know Bradley Givens is is writing submissions and stuff for it and kind of helping Keith develop some of the narrative background to it. So if you're in the area, hey, you know, ask to join the 30k group. Kentucky 30K on Facebook, you know, we'll approve you and then show up. The cost you. Man, I might have to try to might have to try to go to that one. There you go. We'll see. That's that's really close to my wife's birthday, so it depends on when she wants to celebrate. (laughs) Man, I feel like I'm getting pretty old, and birthdays are no longer celebration in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Hey. 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 Morbid tolling of the bell. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but that's you. That's you. That's not other people in your life. Like I'm the same way. I could give a shit. Like I don't care about when I came out of vagina in relation to the rotation of planets in the solar system <laughs> as we spin through the fucking universe. I don't care. I think that that's dumb as fuck. But some people like it, so it is what it is. Some people are imagine- as cynical and shitty as I am. So. <laughs> I imagine on Ryan's 50th, he'll just be sitting there smoking a fat-ass stogie. And somebody will be like, hey, it's your birthday, isn't it? And Ryan just goes, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Because like, the world's already gone to an apocalypse, and so Ryan, Ryan's somehow <laughs> alive because he <laughs> murdered all of his neighbors who came to him for food, to get food. Steal food. And ate, food. And, and ate them. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so that's cool man glad you got that powerful shout out in there but yeah man tag defense game they're a Harris's camp sponsor man they do everything out of Australia too all out yep, of Australia I know we're fucking going international with this bitch so uh, we, yeah, so we like really you... appreciate their their help <laughs> and you know what they're doing that's really cool yeah, when you look at the prices, like if you go to Tag Events Game and you look at all their prices, just remember like the the exchange rate is not the same. Like it is. Yeah, uh, their money is fucked, <laughs> so it's not. <laughs> it's basically it's monopoly not as money. Good as our so, money, unfortunately. 
No, it's funny you say that and you're shitting on it, but the difference in exchange rate I think is closer there than it is for us in British pounds. So oh. easy there, easy now. Fucking <laughs> shit always rolls downhill. Just remember that. That's all I'm saying. I, I always, I always imagine going there with like a twenty dollar bill, like a. You hungry? <laughs> like you, you, yeah, they, I'll they, feed us all. <laughs> The American difference is dollar? all you can buy in Britain is soccer balls and meat pie, so it's not fucking not the same. <laughs> Go to Australia and talk to everybody in that uh that like they don't know English accent. Uh is like money, American money. It's like we, we speak English, mate. <laughs> God I just offended so many Australian people. Oh uh, else. Money. You want Fosters? <laughs> you want Fosters? You like Paul Hogan? Like, <laughs> Benjamin nah, Franklin. I, I had Australians in my house for a week. All you gotta do is give them some fucking Little Debbies, man. Fucking, that's Good it. As gold. That's all. Good as gold. You hook them. It's like methamphetamine for Australians. Kettle corn and fucking Little Debbies. You get them hooked on that, and then that's it. That's all you got to do. Maybe a Devella sub here and there. They'll do whatever you want. <laughs> it's like that little kid from Enemy at the Gate. See, that dude kept giving him chocolate, and he'll do whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> like, even betray his own country. Here, here's some chocolate. <laughs> like, he's got little Debbies, like it's a war zone, war torn wasteland. <laughs> this is not That's the weekend. the zinger. This is you, said, you said August 11th, right? Yes, sir. That'll That's be the, at the Battle Forge in Lexington. That's the weekend after Gen Con, so. Okay. I don't know, because the weekend before and after my wife's birthday is one is Gen Con, <laughs> and one is that. So, we'll see if I... Just get divorced, man. Then you won't have to equate that in at all, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just get be single and get yourself beaten off again, bro. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be there for Gen Con, so we'll hang out. We'll go all eat, all eat to disgusting and yeah. We stuff. need to figure out. So you're here for a limited time. We have to plan your meals very strictly so you can hit all the hot spots and get everything you want. <laughs> I'll bring my own Charmin toilet paper and everything. Like, we'll, like yeah, <laughs> right. Like, time to cleanse. Time to cleanse. <laughs> Don't Here's don't puke animal. on my shower. Don't puke on my shower curtain again. No guarantees. No guarantees. It might get big red and vomit all over the place. We don't. We don't big, know. Big big red raspberry kettle or uh, uh uh fucking candy corn. Raspberry. Oh, that's. Oh yeah. Oh, that just changed my whole trip. Actually. Derek, <laughs> Derek can have raspberry kettle corn or candy corn. So, yeah, I'm totally looking forward to that. I'll uh, I'll bring my own enemas so I can clean out and clear out and to move on to the next meal. So, uh, you're coming on a Friday, right? Is that when you're showing yes. up on Friday? What yes. time do you know? Uh, I can probably figure it out. Uh, I think, I think, uh. I have my flight information. So, oh, I typed in flugged into... Flood information? 
yep, 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 yep. I don't know. Your upcoming trip is only eight weeks away. Uh, it's getting close. Yeah. You almost can you almost taste the tenderloins of biscuits and gravy already. <laughs> oh, the the ten, biscuits like and the gravy. biscuits and gravy, like, like that's like. Ever since seeing that biscuits and gravy, like that was like legitimately like, man, dude, like. But that's the place oh. that has the tender. That has the, that's the place with the tenderloin too. So we're just going in there twice, or what are you doing? That's my favorite restaurant in Indiana, Oasis, by far, dude. I fucking love that place, man. Eight forty-four a.m. is when I land on Friday. Okay, I'll try to. I need to look and see if I took that whole Friday off. Hopefully, I did. It's okay if not, because Gen Con should be going on that Friday, right? Yeah, but if it, I, I want to pick you up. We'll just pick you up from the airport, go eat lunch, and then go straight to Gen Con. Okay, perfect. So you got it all figured out. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to checking out Gen Con. Uh, I might have to mail you some dust stuff before I fly because I didn't like because I'm only going over there for the weekend, like flying out Friday and then staying Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I think fly fly out Sunday. Uh, I didn't take any bags or anything because I'm flying Frontier and it was like insanely cheap. So I just might mail stuff up there to take with me. Like the week okay, before. that's fine. Yeah. So, you, did you sign up for any events? Yes. Yeah, I signed up for cool. an escalation on Friday, and then the actual tournament on Saturday. Uh, if I play in just one of those, I'll be happy. So. Okay. Cool. So, looking forward. To do that. they t- do they take place like because the vendor hall is open from like ten a.m. or nine a.m. or ten a.m. to like five or six p.m. So as long as you get like some shopping time, because that's like the big thing, is looking at uh, all the booths. I also got told by one of my buddies here that there's also a boudoir, like a like a some sort of event that goes on there where it's like a like a bunch of like dancers that dance around that like a like adult it? like adult themed stuff. Is that well, what you're saying? Yeah, like but what is that? What's that word? The nene dancing around <laughs> your table or what, bro? <laughs> uh, is the word boudoir right? Like, uh, the... I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, boudoir. Yeah, uh, boudoir. burlesque. Like... Burlesque. Burlesque is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, there's a burlesque Look, show. Boudoir is at a Gen-Con. picture, bro. Are they taking yeah. pictures of you? Are they making <laughs> you get into suggested poses to take pictures around your table? They're yeah, making you like wear dresses. Over, but looking back <laughs> while you're rolling, like, oh. <laughs> I'm sure I'm I'm sure there is. There's like some weird shit there. There's like some cosplay shit that's like uh, adult themed where you can like pay women to dress up in certain cosplay things and then like take pictures of them or whatever. I'm good. Or look at them. Yeah. I'm so, I'm all set. I'm all set too. It seemed really it seemed really it seemed it was it was really sad and creepy to me and if you look at the line rapey. I was little like looking at looking at the line like made me depressed. I'm not really going to lie. Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> like guys had roses and fedoras all around. <laughs> God damn it, man. <laughs> and sandals and socks. <laughs> It's a, and shirts that said "Milady." You know oh, what? Man. You know what? This year, I want my picture taken just in front of the line with me going in front of the line, <laughs> doing, doing, doing the pose from the guy who took pictures with all the ass cracks. Like, 
every fedora that we walk through, you need to just like. Hmm. Uh, so there are some listeners. I hope buddy. hopefully there's a game called Exploding Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, they their booth is like the coolest fucking booth. It really is. Hopefully they have it there. It's like a live action show. It's hard to explain. Like they have this big. They built a giant vending machine. Like it looks like a a, a real like a vending machine, and it's got a window in it. And they got cat puppets, like a fucking Punch and Judy puppet show. And they yeah. got, like, hundreds of voice bubbles. Like, they've written, like, a comic book, like, voice bubbles with answers and shit on them. And they got big buttons, like, would be in the vending machine. So when you go up to order the product, like, you hit the buttons. And they have, like, voice bubbles that they'll pop up in the window, like, as you're trying to buy your product. And then they, like, do this cash exchange to this little, like, cutout, like a money exchange station. And all this but like everybody like lines up to watch because they have a bunch of like funny voice bubbles and do funny puppet shit like it's all part of like their booth it's really fucking funny that's awesome like i keep hearing about all this cool stuff at gen con and just like it's like it's like a it's like carnival like it's you just i i think we need to i think we need to get in some battle tech pods and let let me shoot you and fucking scott out of some mechs (laughs) like like ryan's like just let me shit all over both of you unleash uh unleash psycho for a little bit why isn't why isn't scott doing anything and they open the battle tech pod and i'm just in a (laughs) full-blown epileptic seizure (laughs) it'll be It'll be I'll be I'll be running around the map. I'll like fucking turn around the mesa and I'll just see a mech that's doing one of these like up in the sky. Like walking like just spinning air. around, looking at the sky, like walking backwards. I'll be like, oh fuck, that's Scott. I'll be like, here's some fucking LRMs for you, Scott. You just see Can me we walk team up? off a Can cliff we... in the ocean and I'm like, fuck. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. <laughs> They've actually put water in here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm down. I'm down for some BattleTech pods. That sounds that sounds like a great time. I'm down to do all the things at Gen Con. But that was that was something specifically that they told me that I need to go see. I feel like there's more suggestions out there. There's more people probably that have also been to Gen Con. There's probably more that'll roll in as well. So, we'll find out. Hey, there's a there's a Kuma's Corner in Indianapolis too, isn't there? Yep, we it's on Fountain Square. There's a yeah. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> Kuma's is all right. Better, there's a better burger at Metro Diner though. See, I didn't like Kuma's Corners burgers, so like, I believe that. I believe you know where a better. What do you think, is. Scott? What about that Metro Diner burger? Oh, it's really good, man. And they they have like, you know, good diner food in general. They have a pretty big menu. So. See, Emily, that's Emily's favorite biscuits and gravy. It's Metro Diner. She likes their biscuits and gravy better than Oasis. They have really good uh, chicken and waffles there too, Metro Diner. We have talked about no thirty k. We've only talked about Dark Age, BattleTech, <laughs> food, Space Force. At this point, I think the listeners know what they're getting into. Like, I think it's like pretty. You know, it's pretty like they understand. Pretty obvious. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, what 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 can we talk about? I mean, like, what nothing came out this week for thirty k except for the salamander doors. Um, I mean, they look good. They they look like Mark three rhinos. Um, I mean, and just like use transfers. Anyway, go ahead. 
You know, you're right. 100% transfers are absolutely the way to go. Like, I have been transferring. That's actually my hobby progress this week was transferring up my uh, Tataras. I put transfers on the shields, and I put transfers on the uh, their shoulder pads to get them all... Uh, uh, to get them all ready to go, right? But I put the transfers on before I hit them with the weathering. I guess like the oils fuck, and all that jazz. Fuck making all those doors. How about we just get eighteen decal sheets for all the legions out? That would be so fucking good. Yeah, that would be fucking great. That'd be awesome. Actually, today we actually probably need to look into it and figure out who made it. But there was a guy on the 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 uh, Warhammer Facebook uh, cell page, the the Horse Heresy cell page, who had taken mm-hmm. a CAD rendering of the side of a Spartan and the side of a Sicaran, and he had, I guess, designed decals that would perfectly glo- go along the top. You know, like in the uh, book six, I believe. Book six, where you see the Blood Angels uh, Spartan that has yes. that gold like stuff on the trim, top. The, filigree. The go- yeah. yeah. So he made those for Emperor's Children. He also made those for Blood Angels, and he was selling those. So like those, man. If we get some of those that fit tanks specifically like that, I think you know, man. Emperor's Children, Blood Angels would would do great with those. I think you could probably get ones that are. Whoa, calm down, Kitty. Hey, chill out. Seven nightmares. Sorry, Kitty's on the soundboard having nightmares. Um, but yeah, I think if you can get like, if we can find somebody who makes transfers, or like we have somebody who who does that, then we can size up and measure. And like, I think at this point, I'm 100 percent comfortable that I could draw up the side of those in CAD. And actually, probably I just have to scan one of them to be honest with you. Just scan it, put it onto Thingiverse get the measurements right and Thingiverse or in, in Tinkercad, get the measurements right. And then I can get like the exact scale, uh, printed out for the laser cutters. But I think, uh, I don't know, man, like we could make our own decals. It's that day and age, man. We're here. We're here. It's like, we got to take it in our own hands. Just do it. Make beautiful trim. Like I think, I think, uh, actual like gold trim for blood angels look good. I think like probably like what like a like a, a darker steel trim for for Emperor's Children maybe like for the they the have purple gold boy. they have gold too yeah so so you could use it for both of them I think some runes for Space Wolves would be tight you could do some the silver for Thousand Suns silver or white yeah yeah some word bearers like runes for them I think you do some crazy stuff man. You and could do you like some it, some cogs and gears for iron hands. Yeah, just like insane, like just like really nice decals, and they would probably like cost what like ten bucks tops to print. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I think we do it. We'll get on it. Get on it, Ryan. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, speaking of, like, like just, like, what's come out this week for Horus Heresy, you're like, what is there to talk about? There's, uh, there was that, like, the releases, um, honestly, everybody seems to be working on Knights right now, like, everybody works on, like, working on 8th edition Knights, like, and the Valiants and all that jazz, so, I've been seeing a lot of work in progress from Tarot Model Maker, I've been seeing a lot of work in progress from Comrade Quiche, all making upgrade parts for Knights and stuff like that. Uh, for both the Amateur and the Valiant. So, 
I saw knights are like running train on every other army at events right now. So, like, what can you do, man? Like, at least until the next codex comes out. But anyway. until until they FAQ them, which that's the plan. Get them to buy as many knights as possible. Have them paid and then up like nerf them. <laughs> and then then nerf release the next codex out. that. Then repeat cycle. Hit repeat. Uh huh. Oh yeah. So it's it's almost like this is a predictable cycle of events. Yeah. No. One hundred percent is man. I'm I'm trying to like honestly think about what has been the topic of conversation in Horus Heresy in the past week, and I don't think there has really been anything that has been like like no controversies, no models released. There's been like a slow week in the heresy, like a, a breather. Uh yep. taking a Ferex was this weekend. So that terrain looked fucking great. Uh, yep. The event looked fun. I think Lucas Lucas was holding a trophy and A was. He got the best traders with his Alpha Alpha Legion jet bikes. <laughs> As you would imagine, they did great. <laughs> So. I, I want to say I want to say at some point he told me that list didn't work, or oh, maybe, oh. maybe maybe he didn't like <laughs> it didn't uh, I don't know that's a good list I I really like that list especially when he no, I'm just I'm just playing no he it. likes it too so but yeah man none of us TFL guys could make it up there um, even though we signed up unfortunately we. Uh, we all kind of depended on each other to drive, and once people started falling out, my unfortunate nine miles per gallon truck is not the best <laughs> thing to take to an out of state trip. So, the price the price of oil today increased solely <laughs> because Michael drove to Indiana to see Ryan. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. So, but yeah, no, that that looked like a good event. He had tons of swag, tons of trophies, and stuff like that. All of his terrain looked good. Most of that stuff was donated. It was very cool. So yeah, besides that, great. man, I'm trying to think like there's that's it. Like just slow week in the heresy. I worked on like I said, I worked on my Imperial Fist. <clears throat> I did that. Uh got them all rocking and rolling as far as like their metal trim, like I painted all their rear metal stuff, all of their joints. Like do y'all like how do y'all do that? Like do y'all paint the main colors and then go in and do the joints or yeah those joints fuck my world up. that's what i do I, I do all my airbrushing first so all my like pre-shading and base coats mid-tones like main highlights then i after i've done all of that shit i go back in and do my joints and things like that yeah I have one terminator that i went a little wide on the joint and he just has a big old metal splotch on his like his thigh. I'm just like, oh, fuck. foul damage, bro. <laughs> yeah, foul dude, damage. For real. Dangerous job being a Terminator. So you know. Yeah. I would tell you, but I don't know. I don't really paint anything. My life is a lie. I've never actually painted anything. I've had Nick, uh, Nick, paint all my stuff in secret and then claim claim the work as my own. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It's <laughs> good. That's yeah. You don't have to admit that in front of everybody. So. I got a call from uh, uh, from Gil Vasquez over Exterminatus Art while I was playing games this weekend. And so I went in Tinkercad and 
worked him up a Primaris bolter for his, for, so cause he's going to start making a uh, Primaris Marine. And he called me because for one, he got the bolter in, which I had designed up, printed, had printed by uh, Shapeways and sent to him directly. Like I never even printed it myself cause it was too big. It would take up so much resin in my printer that I was like, not worth it sending to Shapeways. And we're going to print it through, uh, the it's like a it's like a new plastic they have like it's like a i can't remember the exact name but it's like it's just like a plastic instead of printing in resin and it's a lot cheaper and my mind i was thinking okay this is going to come to him it's going to be it's going to have a bunch of lines in it it's going to be like real ugly and all this jazz and it got to him dude and it is like smooth as fuck dude like it looked so good it's like a full-size primaris bolter that he's going to like use for his models he's going to cast it and all that stuff and use that and all that um, so I was real happy how that came out. Like I was real happy that I was able to help him out to do that because he's a sponsor for heresy camp and like, you know, helping each other out like that. And like, it was literally like maybe an hour worth of my time to design it. Um, and so anyway, he was calling me because of that, but he was also showing me that he had like, because he was like, so, uh, I guess, inspired by 30k like making those 30k marines that he had made for heresy camp he's like pushing to make all the armor marks and he's pushing to get them uh get the armor marks done so we can start making heresy marines and so i'll send you i'll show you all some pictures so he made this bad boy and he's actually working on this guy right now to get all of Ooh. the uh to get oh a breacher Mark yeah. III Breacher. Fuck yeah. So, With a Phobos, Phobos pattern bolter. Get it, Breacher. Do oh, that's your Breacherness. Cool. Yeah, that's, cool. so that's like a about a 7-inch, 8-inch Breacher, like full fucking shield, man, everything like that. And I'm like, man, dude, like, why didn't you have those <laughs> Like when we were getting trophies made, bro? <laughs> like That's like the 30K <laughs> model, man. Like, what's going on? So, but yeah, so he's, he was working on that this weekend, so it's... Dude, that, that dude is, like, so high energy. Like, he's, like, so... Once he gets something in his head that he's going to make, he'll tell you, he's like, I think I'm going to do this. And then, like, in an hour, he's like, check it out. Cast it up. You're like, oh, my God. Like, what did you just do? What dark god did you work with? So, but, yeah, he's like uh, he's like John Stanford, man. He's like uh, the fabricator. Like, he plastic cards everything, then he casts it. And once it's cast, he starts doing it in, like, dental plaster. And so... But he had no idea about like well he he hasn't messed with the three D printing and designing aspect, and so I told him that if he needs a weapon design or if he needs help with anything, to let me know and I'll see what I can do. And that was the first thing he asked me was about the uh, Primaris bolter, and so I, I I did that for him and I scaled it up man made it big like exactly like i basically doubled the size of the bolter that he had sent us in our trophies and it was good to go man so we're actually talking about that at the beginning of the cat the cast like how 3d printing and designing is like the future like it's it's here but like it's a thing man and it's getting better and better like on a monthly basis it seems like yeah, I had, since last episode, since talking about my printer, I've had two people hit me up asking me about my printer and asking me to see, like, samples of what it printed. 
And it just so happened that this week I got in, I wanted to see how close my model, like how close I could print something to Shapeways. And so I, I printed up a, uh, basically it's a, it's a dust conversion for a, uh, for a turret. I printed one up myself that I designed and then I sent that design to Shapeways and had them print it up. And I had that sent to me and like, dude, like it is exactly the same. Like, and honestly, I would say that mine is a little bit smoother from like, no, mine is definitely more smoother than the, the fine ultra detail. Not, I, I, this wasn't the extreme ultra detail. I don't know how smooth that is, but like my, that photon, that any cubic photon can definitely print smoother than that. And that is like, if you go to AliExpress right now, I think they're like 300 bucks. And so like, it is, insanely affordable to print your stone stuff up in your house now and then when you go use a program like tinkercad uh which is like a solely like 100 percent web-based program to and like it's just a bunch of shapes like it just gives you a ton of shapes and you just subtract and add shapes to things like once you start working with that like you can literally go from like designing something to printing it to casting it in the same day and like have a fully like like i don't know like what uh or like replicating model like it's insane like right before the cast ryan and scott were talking about a what an elemental in battletech right yep yep and y'all were like looking at like wanting a better model for the elemental and went straight to thingiverse and like somebody had designed an elemental and i gave the stl to my roommate and said Hey, dude, you think you can uh, take care of me on this one and uh, print this up while I'm recording this podcast? And that shit's printing up right now. Like, should be done by the time we're done with this podcast. So, send them open to when I go to Gen Con. So, I don't know. It's here. I think everybody that's, like, interested in it and all that jazz should definitely go start playing with Tinkercad. And, uh, like, honestly, like, that was my goal this year was to learn how to do this. And, like, I bought the 3D printer to force me to learn it. And now that I'm here, I'm like, dude, everybody can do this. It's so fucking easy. It's next level. That's my spiel. <laughs> That's my spiel Sweet. about 3D printers. Hey, I, I got a 30K got question it. for you. I got a random one. What's up? Uh, so, when you play pickup games, and this might be a controversial one, I don't know, but do you think... How do you feel about playing special characters or like unique characters in just general games, like outside of a narrative, whatever? You know, do you do you feel any trepidation about it? Yes, no, maybe so. Whatever. I don't. No. I mean, I typically I've moved away from that. Just my like, not because I have a problem with it. Like, if people want to use it against me or whatever, I don't bat an eye or think twice about it. Um, it just so happens almost all my recent lists. Like, when I first started, like, when I first started playing Salamanders, Vulcan was one of my first models, and I played him all the time. And then my next army that I really had up and running was playing a lot was Word Bearers. Same thing, I would always run Zardu, Layak, and Lorgar. And then since then, I've done Black Shields, and I've not used any special characters. I've finished off my Blood Angels, which obviously don't have any special characters. And then I did this Death Guard army, and I don't play any special characters in that. Um, so... It's just personal preference for me right now. Michael, yeah. the floor. I uh, So, like, when I started playing, I used uh, Alvarex Mon only because he changed 
the way a like deep striking army worked so much that I kind of felt like I had to take him. And so I used him quite a bit. Uh, every other list after that that I've ever played, I didn't take anybody. I didn't take any special characters. But that was just a personal preference. I didn't care if I face any. I didn't care if I face Primarchs. But I just never included them on my list. Uh, but here recently, uh, Sisters of Silence, I take Janesha in every list that I, I run. Just because she's so staple to to that list. She's kind of your only hard hitter that you can pull out. Because you cannot make a Knight Centura do the things that she does. So, but yeah, that's pretty, like I, I don't bat an eye at it when people do it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way, man. Like I didn't play, I didn't play one for a pretty long time, but I with the armor breakthrough Iron Hands list, it made so much sense. I think to put Casterman Orth in there because he's a tank commander guy in a list predominantly, you know, composed of tanks. That it made a lot of sense to have him in it. So that kind of changed my opinion on it. I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, special characters should only be played in certain situations. But then I kind of got to thinking about it, and I was like, eh, it really doesn't make any difference, man. I mean, if I play, like, for instance, if I played Autech more, he's a 225-point investment, you know? So it's not like he's super fucking cheap or anything. Tenth of your list, and there's, <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, like quite a bit of... Quite a bit of... uh points for a dude that doesn't I'm, have turn one. I'm honestly more against them for narrative events than pickup games. Like, pickup games, I'm kind of like, do what you want. For narrative events, it seems kind of weird a lot of times to just have, like, free-for-all, like, where all the fucking characters are there. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, like all the, all the marks are available. I, I really love the idea of the first-come-first-serve thing. So when, uh, a, like, they're having a narrative event, and then that event posts on Facebook, like, hey, if you want to play somebody, call dibs now. So we only have one of those, period, yeah. no matter so, what. So I that's what that. I that's what I did at Adepticon because, like, Adepticon isn't really my event. I mean, it is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm running it representing Adepticon and other people. Like, I'm just a small cog. It's not, like, my brainchild fully. Yeah. So I want to be safe and let people do what they want and not, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Make it more inclusive, I guess, and not put any, like, hard like super hard ideas or restrictions into it for like my personal events, like running events here, I would kind of like to move to where I write more of a story. And then maybe in that story, only certain characters might be in that area. So even though it might piss some people off, it is what it is. Like it's just part of the story where like I'm going to pick this area of space and it just so happens that this is where Mortarian and Lehman Russ was operating in or whatever. Right, right. So so those are the only two Primarchs available. So if you happen to play those armies and want to include them, you can, but you no other Primarchs were in this area for this story, so you can't take them. Like that what kind do you of think about special characters that aren't uh like lore war choices that are just like generic. No, it's it's same same way with that. Yeah. Like I almost in a story setting, like I, I kinda want to start doing that for like our local events. Like just come up with like these were the character like write them into the story or say they were available and just have like a few, like a handful available and that's it. And that's, that's the only ones that could be taken not to like play favorites or anything, but just like write it into the story. Right. Right. I think, I just feel like it makes more sense. No. Yeah, I agree for narrative stuff. Yeah. 
So either just say no special characters for narrative or that. Or like I said, it's really personal preference. Like if you're going to do narrative, I think the loosest you should get, I don't think it should just be bring whatever you want. I think you should at least do first uh, come, first serve. First come, first serve, where you don't have like two fucking Karns running. I love that. Like I love that setting where you can. Cause it, it's almost kind of fun to be like the guy who's like, I fucking call him. I call Karn, goddammit, and no one else can bring him. Yeah, so. yeah, it's definitely cool. What brought that up? Like, what was the like? I don't know. I've, I've that's something I've been meaning to bring up on the podcast for a long time. And since we're a little light on like anything currently relevant, I, I thought, <laughs> hey, that'd be a cool talking point. But I, I've just thought about that because. I make, you know, I'm like everybody else. I just tinker around with lists on Quartermaster on my phone. And I like playing special characters because I have the models and I have them painted up. And, you know, I, I enjoy reading books about them and shit like that. But uh, I always feel kind of guilty because I'm like, man, I don't know how people feel about this. Like, I don't want anyone to get pissed off at me because I'm playing special characters. And maybe that's not like a train of thought they prescribe to. But I don't I don't see any problem with with it really with most of them like you know i think i think obviously like everything you've got to be smart enough to understand that not all special characters are created equal but yeah i mean i don't it's like if if i get irked or like do the eye roll because somebody brings fucking scoria or valdor it's not because they're like special character it's because they're they're fucking, fucking broken as fuck yeah yeah and everyone knows that they are and then they try to pretend like oh, oh no, man it's all good man yeah but I don't see any problem like if you're if you wanna if you're a black shell player and you wanna bring like Indrid Hart or you know, Sight what's that dude's name? Crytus Mortug, the fucking Death Guard dude who became a black shield. Like those yeah. guys are just if you if you just dig those characters and their fluff and shit and they fit, you know, a cool cool purpose in your list, I I'd have no issue with people. Yeah. Cool, man. Let's do voicemails and questions. We've been fucking doing this for two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> Just fucking jerking our dicks over here on the internet. Jesus. All right. Let's see what we got. Let's see some voicemails and questions. So let me see here. Oh. It hurts my heart. Okay. So we got a voicemail. Hey, gentlemen, it's John Christensen. I was just listening to episode 107, and Derek said, you don't see that type of shit at Target, and I got to call him to prove him wrong. <laughs> so a little backstory: I worked at a hobby shop for about five years while I was working through college. Uh, I can tell you a whole bunch of crazy fucking stories about um, drunk drag queens or shitty customers or coworkers face-planting kids into shelving units, but... Nice. The main reason I'm calling today is right after the shop moved into a parking lot with a Target, I was helping a mother and child pick out a model rocket to fly out in the vacant lot. And all of a sudden, the kid looks up and goes, man, that guy's moving real fast. I look up just in time to see a blur streak by the store. All of a sudden, I'm like, what the hell's going on? So... Immediately after the blur passes over the windows of the store, I see three cop cars jump the curb in front of the store to cut this guy off. Immediately the cops jump out of their cars and draw on this guy. They 
did not take any warning. They did not yell any warnings or anything. They immediately pulled their guns out, which I thought was a little psychotic. But anyway, the guy gives up, returns the sweater he had stolen. God dang. And, you know, is carted off in one of the police cars. The funniest part was the loss prevention officer comes out of Target, walks over to the cop car all super smug-like, you know, like he was the guy that brought this dude in, pulls out a phone or pulls out a camera, takes a picture, and smugly trots back to the store. I've never seen someone so proud of themselves in my life. Anyway, gentlemen, keep up the good work. See y'all at Heresy Camp. Bye. Powerful John from the Lone Star Legion, man. That's fucking crazy. That's a drawing a dude for stealing a sweater, man. Like, come on. <laughs> I guess. I guess you never know. You never know what he get. If you at. want, if you want to destroy a sweater, just pull a string as he walks away. You don't need to shoot him. <laughs> ha! Now nobody can have a sweater, and we can give it back to Target. <laughs> Yeah, here's your sweater. <laughs> here's your bloody player. ventilated sweater. <laughs> it says bullet holes, just bullet holes, powder wounds, and blood, brain matter. Here's your sweater back. <laughs> That's so great. And yes, John, we absolutely would love to hear any more stories that you got from the the hobby store that you worked at. And uh, I definitely want to hear the story about how the, I guess one of the shop owners or store employees put a kid into one of the shelves that sounds like a really good story so uh but yeah that's gonna be all of the voicemails we have this week man looks like we're we're doing good if you have some voicemails you want to send in 209-RFI-30K-0 or you can send an email to michael at warmer30k.com with a recorded message and we'll play it on air so ryan you said we had some questions come in over email though right yep we got one sent in by Andrew. So Andrew says, I've listened to the last few episodes and wanted to know if you guys had any recommendations on things to do to make some non-30K models seem more old style to fit into 30K. Um, as well, um, I'd like to hear your guys' recommendation on the list that you wrote for me against opponents. Um, that's kind of like, I'll look his list up, but that's kind of vague. Like I can't cover every scenario. You know what I'm saying? But we can talk. We'll go over his list and see if you guys have any ideas. Uh, just, uh, yeah. So that's pretty much two questions. So, for the first question. So, 30K units, making non 30K units 30K. So, we've went over like attack bikes before. Attack bikes are pretty easy. You can pretty much just, you can get a, you can buy an Outrider and a attack bike and you literally just take the sidecar from the attack bike and stick it on the outrider and then swap the torso and head and shoulder pads over to mark four and Which if you get mark real is it, super easy to get a hold of i bet you if you yeah, have any or, players in your area they will have mark four if you waiting for you if you get real real ambitious you can even like do doctor up the gun like take a multi-melta cut the barrel off of the 30k one and mount it on the 40k one things like that um or you could put auto cannons on there because auto cannons are only a 30k option you could get one of the 30k heavy weapons auto cannon kits and convert it up it'd be pretty sweet um you can do the same thing with uh land speeders just get the plastic land speeder kit because you don't really see the legs very much all you really have to do is kind of swap the torso um torso head and shoulder pads 
and then change the gun loadouts around, which I did that on my Salamander ones before I sold them. Um, so that's not that hard. Rhinos, uh, who it's Blood and Skulls, isn't it? Makes the Rhino yep. kits like where, yep. where you take it. You can buy some Blood and Skull kits that make the Mars pattern Sides. Rhino look more like a Demius. Yep. Yeah. Um, it gives same it that thing. Circle door and the exterior like exhausts. Yep. You can do that. And also, can... uh, uh, Pop Goes the Monkey offers uh, door replacements as well. Okay. There, there are uh, third party kits that replace the rhino door and turns it into a circle. And then he's also has those custom front, uh, front plates that go in the rhinos. Um, both, both kits are great. I think the pop goes, the monkey one is probably like two or three times more expensive than blood and skulls though. Okay. Uh, but that's also, sh- that's Shapeway that's Shapeway setting the prices, not him though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the cost of the resin to print in that resin. So, uh, dread claws. I've seen several people convert drop pods into dread claws that look pretty good. If you just type in dread claw, anvilus dread claw conversion into Google and hit images, you'll find them. There's a bunch. Of, there's a guy that did a bunch of world eater ones. Basically, you just take a drop pod and turn the the Outside fins, upside down. Up, upside okay. down, and then add some little plastic card to the top. It, it doesn't look that hard to do, and it, it looks pretty good. It's passable for sure. It's I don't think it's scale almost. I would say too. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't think anybody bitch about that. It looks pretty cool. Be a lot cheaper. Um, trying to think. Oh, the obviously Blood and Skulls doing the wraparound tracks for the Land Raider Phoboses. Yep. To me, to me, after Speaking doing several. Tracks. Oh yeah, good. I was going to say, after doing several and seeing several, I mean, to me, that's like, like I, if I see one that's not done that way, it's like shocking to my eyes. Mandatory like, like, now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is, you have to do this. It like looks so much better and looks so much more heresy. It's like a requirement. Speaking of tracks, man, there's a company out there called Extra Armor on Facebook. Yeah. That makes yeah, I know replacement tracks for the Rhino and the Land Raider. Uh, they will not work on Blood and Skulls Industries wraparound kit though, but they they are for the Rhino. They've made tracks that resemble the Liberator pattern wraparound tracks that Blood and Skulls do, but for a Rhino. So for like it's not a wraparound version on the Rhino, but it's like the still standard you know, Rhino with the track guard going over yep. the top of the chassis, but it does add a little bit of variance, you know, if, if it's something you're looking to, if you can make those like models that normally don't jump out to you or people just glance over and don't give a fuck. If you can make those stand out, that's a really good thing. I think. Yeah, um, 100%. trying to think of other things. Oh, obviously predators. Like you can take a predator and do the same thing with the rhino kit. Like just buy a plastic predator and then put the round doors on the side. If you're not going to do sponsons, which you shouldn't put sponsons on them unless you're playing armored breakthrough. Yep. Um, trying to think. Could you uh, same vindicators? I guess would be the same way. Uh, what else? What else? 
I mean, most of the infantry anymore come in plastic, so there's really no reason. You know, they're no more expensive than buying their 40k kits. Yeah, like even if you were to start looking at like Cromlech and stuff like that, like Cromlech legs and things like that, which people used to buy, it doesn't really make sense anymore because of how how cheap the price has become to attain Mark III and Mark IV Marines. So like, <clears throat> I, I yeah. don't think there's really any way to convert Mark Seven over to Mark IV. So it's kind of like. The only real way, like if you like the Dark Angel veteran kits that have like the robe, legs, and torso, even though it's Mark Seven, it's mostly covered. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can't really tell. Like you have to really pick up the model, and like nobody's gonna bitch at you for using those robe torsos and legs. Yeah. So if you take those robe torsos and legs, and you just slap Mark Four arms and heads on them, you can have some pretty cool Dark Angels with robe bodies. I've seen people do that, and they look pretty yeah. slick. And the um, the Stern Guard kits, the plastic uh, Space Marine Stern Guard kits, I know those have Mark IV legs with, like, tabards and stuff, and Mark IV... Uh, There's a Mark three. I thought there was a Mark three guy in there, too. Yep, yep. So you could, you could buy that kit, and then um, it has a lot of, like, different bits and bops and stuff, so you could, like, just... You know, take what you want and then make it into a, like, whatever, you know, a, a Legion champion or some shit like that. Um, it's a, it's expensive to get just to use it for this, but if you get the Marius Calgar kit, the the Ultramarine dude with the banner and his two Honor Guard guys, they look very 30K. The Artificer yep. dudes with the wing Eagle mask, you could use those for, like, if you take, uh, what are they, the uh, Suzerains. Yep. And you can take the one as the standard bearer that's like the special dude or whatever. You could probably use the banner out of there. You'd have to... I don't know if that banner has the big fucking tear knit on it or whatever. The McCrag banner. I'm it not doesn't. sure. Uh, okay. Well, the art, the art, I think, might be like... I don't know. Let's look it up. Okay. But anyway, you get what I mean. Like, you could use that model for that to represent that special ultramarine thing. Wouldn't be too bad. Um, ultramarine... Or... Uh, 40k like tech marines and shit because their armor is artificer and it looks different anyway you can get away with like 40k tech marines you can get away with some of the blood angel shit because it has like the muscle armor like the, yep. it it doesn't really look like era specific and I'll, the other thing if you want mark 4 jump packs if you can find sanguinary guard jump packs as bits they're a mark 4 jump pack just a single thruster so that's a good way to get mark 4 jump packs uh, for cheap in plastic. I did see somebody who took a Mark Seven, um, Mark Seven legs, and basically studded them out, and they looked really good. They looked like Mark Five legs. And then, uh, like if you find the legs without the knee pads that are just full shin, the full shinners, those are just yeah. like straight up Mark Six legs. So, yeah, yeah. Some in some like. Uh, they used to have this kit that was like the the captains of the legion, or I don't. It had like the master of the fleet, the master yes. of the watch, the master of the recruits. They had like all these space marine characters. Some of those guys come in like their own unique version of of you know space marine battle plate, so you could use those as like guys with artificer armor and stuff like that. Yep, cool conversions. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything else. Guys my blood angels. Can you guys think of anything else? Not especially. I mean, I mean, a cast of is a cast of you know. Regardless, yeah, so obviously, yeah. 
box dreads. Um, you could get a plastic Bane Blade kit because you can run all those as Space yep. Marine shit now. So that's that's a good way to add. You know, between well, five this and- is super easy. You know, to to you can just use you know Imperial Guardsmen if you want, and then right. buy some buy some like special heads or something and make them look you know unique. Yep. There's a ton of guard conversion shit out there. Yeah. Do they make, like, preposterous... Mad Robot Minis makes a fucking huge range of guard heads. You can get, like, guard heads with, like, monocles and braids. You can get fucking Sons of Anarchy heads. There's, like, (laughs) fucking whatever you want. Like, anything you can think of. (laughs) There's a Bruce Willis head. I know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mad, Mad Robot has everything. Like, like if you're like if you want to go militia, you can make Survivors of the Dark Age. You can make whatever the fuck you want. I know he's releasing Tank Rider soon. That's like I'm, like <laughs> I am, 100 percent about fucking Tank Riders. So I'm kind of afraid what's going to happen once he drops that. Oh. All right. So here's so we kind of covered that. So here's Andrew's list that I wrote for him. Um. Uh, it's an armored breakthrough list because he, when he wrote in, he gave me the list of models he had and stuff. Um, so I made it an armored breakthrough list. So, well, Scott left. We're out in him. How am I supposed to read this off and get fucking feedback on how he's supposed to play it when Scott runs off? (laughs) So folks at home didn't know I slunk away for a second. So, uh, um, you play. You're you're just getting uh, balls deep into armored breakthroughs. So give me some feedback on this because it's okay. pretty similar to kind of what you're doing. Like it's a good mix of infantry and tanks. So it's Sizigmund as the HQ, and he's obviously taking the right of war armored breakthrough. He also makes uh, Templar Brethren troops, by the way. So for the two compulsory troops choices, it's two predators. So the first predator has last cannon sponsons, and the second predator has last cannon sponsons. And then because they're fast, they can move six inches and fire all those guns. Or move 12 and fire two guns at full ballistic skill. So the third troop's choice is a 10-man breacher squad. All 10 breachers have melt bombs, and the sergeant has artificer armor and power fist. And they are in a dedicated land raider Phobos with dozer blade and armored ceramite. Um, For the fourth troop's choice... It's eight Templar Brethren that are troops because of Sizigmund. Um, All eight of those have melt bombs. The Sergeant has a Solarite Power Gauntlet, and they are in a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite, and Sizigmund goes with them. Um, Then for Elites, uh, there's an Apothecary and Artificer Armor, and he goes with the Templars and Sizigmund in the Land Raider. Uh, for the second elite's choice, it's five Terminators in Cataphracty. All five have Vigil Pattern Storm Shields. Uh, two of them have Power Weapons. Two of them have Chain Fist. And the Sergeant has a Thunder Hammer. And they are in a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. And then for heavy support, there's a Fire Raptor with Reaper Auto Cannon Batteries and four Hell Strikes and a Sicker Inventor Tank Destroyer. So it's three land raiders. One has breachers with melt bombs. One has Templar Brethren with melt bombs, Sizigmund, and an apothecary. One has the Terminators. And then the two Predators with Laz Cannons. Uh, 
and then the Fire Raptor and the Sicker Inventor, and then that is five scoring units. I mean, what do you think? I think, uh, I think it's really good, man. I think I think the strength of Armor Breakthrough is you have really fast mobile scoring, and it comes in a lot of different flavors. And I think that list definitely, you know, kind of grabs that concept by the horns. I think it's got decent shooting with the two Predators, the Sycorin, the Fire Raptor, you know, all the Land Raiders, whatever. And then it's got okay hand to hand with the the breachers, the Templar brethren, and the Terminators. It's not phenomenal, but it's okay. Sigismund's a beast. He's better than, you know, pretty much any non Primark character for the most part. Um, so, and you got plenty of scoring. You got the anti flyer with the fire raptor. Uh, I think it's pretty solid for twenty five hundred. Yeah. It's it'll look cool on the table too. I mean, you got the three land raiders. Uh, it's a just a tick repetitive, but pretty much everything outside of that is you know fairly unique. You got breachers, then you got terminators, then you got templar brethren, which all seem very. And the terminators have shields and thunderhammer, so or shields and close combat weapons. So if you think about it, when you think of imperial fists, you think of breachers. Check. You think of like Sigismund or Pollux. He's got Sigismund in here. Check. You get you got the templar guys with Sigismund. Check. You got land raiders because they're tough as fuck. Check. You got, um, yeah. So I mean, it, it pretty much checks, go. yeah, checks a lot of the boxes for Imperial <laughs> Fist. And then everything, everything you're going to put on the table is going to move at an armor breakthrough pace. You don't have a bunch of tanks and then like one dreadnought that has to walk. So right, that's yeah, that's the other thing. When I do an armor breakthrough list, I always make sure to do that. So what do you think, so, Michael? His concern was how he would do <clears throat> against other armies. And I mean, it seems like, like that. Like, That's everyone's concern, by the way. <laughs> well, like he, he asked specifically, like you know, like what, like what he should look out for. And I think probably one of the biggest things that's going to be scary against that list uh, is going to be deep strikers and flyers. They seem like they're going to give him some trouble. Um, Orbital assault is deep strike yeah. won't if you play it right. Because remember, I played my Blood Angel armor breakthrough. And it's like textbook how you beat deep striking shit. Because all your shit's like fast. They're going to come in on their drop pod and then you just drive away from them. You spread all your shit out. Like you use your whole deployment zone and put your shit where none of it's close. So when they deep strike in, they can either disperse their shit to try to kill multiple things, which usually doesn't work out because you're always going to have or they're going to have to focus in on one side of the board or the other, and then wherever they focus on, you just drive away from it and then reset your line, and now they're stuck there the whole game, and you just fucking hammer them. And I think that's the kind of, like, that is exactly the kind of, like, suggestions and and uh, that he was looking for, like, to know how to play that list. And then you, you watch for the dickheads that come in with the Anvilus and Charybdis that don't know how to play. And they stick it way too close to your uh, do all those dudes with melt bombs, and you literally drive up in your land raider and you surround that fucker, and then bomb it to death, and then they can't place their models and they're all dead because they're not s- smart enough to keep it where you can't surround them. That happens. I can't tell you how many times. I don't ever. I've never done that like outside of my group of friends because like they should know better. And like when we play with each other here, like if you're dumb enough to do that, like you're going to get abused. 
but and it will piss someone the fuck off if you do it to them. Yeah, like, it is what it is. But at a, at a, at events, I've never done it. I've yeah. if I spot that I can do it, I always tell the person, "Don't put your pod there," and they'll be like, "Why?" And I'll be like, "Because this is exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and then it's going to end in you not you having very hurt feelings because it's going to remove all those models." Dude, the best is when you do it with a twenty man. 100 point unit of solar auxiliary last rifle moon with cracker days that really fucking got someone's gear yeah basic <laughs> humans bro sorry go ahead and take the problem put that problem back in the case <laughs> oh that's cool you have angron and 10 red butchers uh how about you get to place angron and two red butchers and the other uh eight just die because they can't <laughs> had had 10 red butchers yeah now you have two <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault. This is your fault. Screwed at him both times. <laughs> God damn it! They're dead because um, of you. Yeah. So I mean, you should be fine against most list. Um, if somebody's really good with drop pods, like like Michael said, if they're really good and know what they're doing, um, and you're not used to playing with it, um. It really depends on how they build their list. Like if they just go pure drop pod and they're not experienced on how to use it and how to kind of stay mobile and how to hedge your bets on where to exactly place your shit where when those tanks try to break out and run, you can still maybe catch them. Um, I mean, it's it's harder on them than it is you. It, like if, if, if both players are equally skilled, it's actually harder on the drop pod player, believe it or not. I think the yeah. thing you have to watch out for is shooting units and drop pods, like machine killer bets and drop pods, yeah. things like that. Because, but I mean, even that, like these things, like you got three land raiders with armored ceramite. I mean, you need sixes on those melted guns. Yeah. And I know people, like people act like that's like they get butt hurt or whatever over that unit. I'm like, I need sixes just to get a pin against armored ceramite, and I've paid like. Well, just the melted guns alone are a hundred points, and then the vet. So it's like it's like two hundred and seventy points for that unit plus a hundred and fifteen point dread claw. So it's far in excess of the fucking land raider you're trying to kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a. It definitely like I, I'm trying to think of like what other armies he probably would need some help with. And I mean it. It definitely. It. As long as he realizes that he can drive away, and it's really hard to do, like, as far as, like, make yourself leave the danger zone, it's, like, hard to identify that. Especially when you're like, oh, these guys are going to deep strike right in front of me, I'm going to blast them. No, dude, you probably should get the fuck away and blast them next turn. Uh, like, 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 think way ahead. Like, think way ahead. Um, I'm trying to think. What about knights? What I, can't, I can't tell you how, I can't tell you how many, well, fuck. I just... Stay away from him shooting the best you can. It's fucking knights. I fucking hate that army. Anyway, um, you just try to sneaky peed him. You got plenty of like sponsor weapons and shit. Just split the two shield. You know what? I, like we've talked about before, because they have to pick a facing with the shield. Just make them dictate to you. Go where exactly is the line for your shield, and then let them call it because you have plenty of movement. And once they call it, put your fucking tank so it straddles both. Because when you draw line of sight from a tank, you draw from each weapon independently. 
So then, because you have Sponson Laz cannons, if you split the fucking line, they can only put the shield on one or the other Laz cannon. They have no choice. They have to fucking pick one or the other. So if you get can do that with a couple tanks, now all of a sudden you're they're going to have to pick one side, and two sides are going to be unprotected that you're shooting Laz cannons into. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. So you just try to do shit like that. Um, then also, like you got the the Terminator dudes, which will actually work pretty well against them since they have a three up involve. Um, with the with all the close combat weapons, like the chain fist and shit, you should be able to kill one there. And you got the two big units with melt bombs on them. So just an assault. If you like, if they get close enough, which knights shoot, most of the night shooting isn't that great, except for like the poor fire on shit like that. Um, you should be able to to get in an assault. I think Michael, the bigger concern, like Michael brought up, be if somebody brought like a whole suborbital strike wing of like Avengers or fucking yeah. something like that. But that is what it is. I don't. I mean, your one fire raptor, if you can come like, if you can do it right, <laughs> if your one fire raptor can technically make all three of those jink or shoot all three of those down in a single turn if it's positioned right. And if that's your sole anti-aircraft, besides everything else, just throwing mass amount of shots at it. Yeah, you got a lot of twin link glass. You got six twin link glass cannons on land raiders alone, though. So yeah, that'll make somebody jink. So very cool. That should help him. That should put him in the right direction. Everything else, then he'll do fine against. Um. Next question was White Square Support Marines. He says, "I got myself in a pickle." This is from Justin, by the way. It says, good evening, gents. I got myself in a pickle, and I'm hoping you guys can help me out. Your White Scars episode intrigued me when Ryan was talking about heavy support Marines outflanking and such. Um, and then I've recently come into ownership of 21 Outrider bikes in a trade with a buddy. So here's my question. Is it is it worth it to put a couple small heavy support units in Rhinos, uh, in Chagor in and Brotherhood, or is there a better right of war to use a couple units of the heavy support Marines. Uh, thanks advanced Justin PS. I was the dude with the lumber mill story where the guy pooped his pants and was referenced in the last episode. And, and what was the contraband you received? I'm probably going to lose sleep over not knowing. Well, I can't say that was the whole point of not saying was not being able to say, I guess I could technically email you back, but it's kind of fun. That it bothers you. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's clear. That's all you got to say. It's very clear. It's very it's, clear what the contraband is. Yeah, it's very clear what the contraband was. It may or may not be a derivative of corn. Yeah, it's a high fructose corn syrup <laughs> contraband. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just going to tell them. Yep. <laughs> so... Yeah, the heavy weapons guys, I, I think they're not. That's not the greatest use of them in that right of war. I mean, it does. I mean, they they do do that, but it's like it's kind of a goofy use of it because if you think at the earliest they can come in as round as turn two, they come in, then they get out, then they have to snap fire, and then the next turn after that they get to fire at full ballistic skill. Mm, yeah, no, not worth it. So, yeah, I don't think so either. Um, 
yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't piss with it. Um, what right of war is worth using heavy support marines? Uh, play Death Guard and play the Reaping. <laughs> Pretty much, man. There's not really any right of war that's going to give you. I mean, anything that's going to make them cool. Play, play, play Imperial Fist, and they get Tank Hunter. Yeah, that works. That works really well. Uh, play play Iron Warriors and make the missile launcher Iron Havocs. Havocs. Play, Havocs. If you just want big guns, carrying big guns around, Third Company Elite. Yeah, but that's not heavy sport marines. That's a yeah, different. It's close, unit, Michael. It's close. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as white scars with heavy weapons. Yeah, it's. I mean, they just are what they are. I don't. I don't really think of a. I can't think of a right of war that really accentuates what that. What you would use those for? No, I can't either. I like. There's no. I guess maybe put them in a termite. Well, then you're in the same. Well, they'd come in automatically. Then you deploy them, and then they still have to snap fire, and then they get a like. I, I don't. That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. But you, you have like a termite blocking them, and then like they can like, then the termite can move out of the way. Like they use like oh, a termite I, wall for a turn, and then it slowly like moves out of the way, and then you're set up for turn two, and you could like get into some side arcs and stuff. I don't know. I'm trying to think. There's no way to guarantee infiltrate for a white scar unit. I don't think. If there was a way to guarantee them infiltrate, it might be interesting in a uh, uh, recon company right of war where you could, because they'd gain shrouded, scout, scout, or uh, infiltrate and shrouded turn one, where you get them in a good position, then it would protect them, and it would be kind of fluffy for white scars. For white scars, I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, uh, start a new army and do one of the ones that we said. Imperial Fist. Uh, well, what did we say? We said Imperial Fist, Death Guard, and Iron Warriors with Havocs. Um, I mean, if you're asking me, I'm gonna say Death Guard. Fucking, they become scoring, which is fucking rad. You take them as a uh, non-compulsory troops choice, then you get fucking rad grenades on all your dudes. It's the shit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, that's it. That's all the questions. Oh, hang on. That's not. I got more hidden ones. Are these just lists or are these questions? Secret questions. Secret questions. No, oh, they were lists. So secret lists. We we'll have to. Got lists we can do. If you guys want to do some lists, or we could just skip lists this week. I don't care. We've done a million lists on the show. Do we have to do lists? I guess we have to. People get mad if we don't do it. What do you want to do? We're going to live decide? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, You choose. You choose your favorite ones that you've written this week. Oh, shit. I don't even remember. We got a thousand point uh, Zomortal Space Wolf list. We got... I don't even remember what these were. Blood Angel Zomortalis, which I just wrote a generic list because obviously Blood Angels don't have any like characters or anything crazy Ch-ch-ch-ch. 
Scott missed out on the. Didn't we have? What do we have here? Calf boxes. I don't know, man. Well, we just did the Imperial Fist. We've already done the Armored Breakthrough list. Oh, Scott, did you ever do that Iron Warrior or Iron Hands list? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure, I did that list. You did do it? No. No. (laughs) I did exactly (laughs) what we discussed. Oh, okay. I looked at it and said, Roger that, bro. Roger that. I got a ha- I got a hammer of Olympia list. I thought I had like a maybe we already did it. Oh man. Hang on, was this a story? Did we do this story already? I think we have a story. Safety rep union. Uh-oh. Hidden story in the list. Um, let me send you this. It just got sent to me. Hidden story I guess you amongst can... the list. This happens a lot, guys. So here recently, people have been sending in stories, and uh, they're like sending in as payment for Ryan to do lists. Like it's pretty neat. Works out. So the first story comes from Derek. Uh, it says industrial accident and list review. It says, story tax first. Two years ago, I was working on a service truck in western Washington. Our company supplied trailers to various clients all over the state. It was my job to service the truck and trailers at these locations. My first visit to the Niagara water plant was going uneventfully until a yard driver came in and started hassling me for not having a reflective vest on. When I asked why he was so insistent about about this, coverall have stripes on them. He told me that why everyone there was so trigger-happy about safety. The plant is mostly operated by robotic lift trucks. The only people around them are the maintenance crew who watch over them. Sometimes the robots end up with plastic wrap and other garbage trapped underneath them, which trips the safety sensor and makes a robot stop moving. Normally, the maintenance guy disables robots, uh, disables robot disables the robot and goes under and clears the debris and turns it back on. One guy was in a hurry and did not disable the robot, went under and cleared the debris. The robot, not knowing any better, took off, dragging some parts that had stuck to him around the warehouse, going about its business all night until the guy's son, who worked on the day shift, came in and found him. Needless to say, everyone was pretty jumpy about safety rules after that. Uh, I don't have any elaborate zoo stories, but when taking my wife and two-year-old to the Denver Zoo, I did see a monkey try and piss on a group of third graders. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy, man. Robots are nuts. <laughs> like, like I thought he was going to say, if you don't wear this robotic vest, the fucking security guard robot will fucking shoot on sight. Put your vest on. <laughs> you have crazy. 10 seconds to comply. So I did a list for him. Do we want to read the list? Or Yeah, dude. Obviously. Let's do it. It's a Raven Guard list. Uh, Alright. No, it's not. He already did Raven Guard. We've already done oh. his list there. He said he wanted to do Ultramarines. So what'd you do for so, him? Let's see here. Derek. 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 Alphabetical order. Ultramarines. 3,000 points. What did I do? Um, <laughs> It's an Armored Breakthrough list. Love Surprise. it. Surprise. Swedes would okay. love you. Swedes would love me. 
Um, okay, so it's a Praetor and Terminator armor. Taking armor breakthrough. He's in Tartaros armor. Has a combi bolter, paragon blade, digital lasers, iron halo, grenade harness. Uh, troops are a predator with two las cannons and a dozer blade. And then another predator with two las cannons and a dozer blade. And then ten breachers. All ten breachers have power swords. I remember this because he wanted power sword breacher dudes. Heavens. So all ten have power swords. All ten have melt bombs. Sorry, nine of them have power swords. Sergeant has a thunder hammer and artificer armor, but they all ten have melt bombs. They're in a land raider Phobos with dozer blade and armor ceramite. And then the fourth troop choice is ten tactical sport marines. Uh, all ten have volkite chargers. The sergeant also has artificial armor. They're in a rhino with a pinnacle multimelta. For elites, I have seven uh, in Victoria's suzerains. Three of the seven have thunder hammers. And they are in a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. And I'm guessing the Praetor goes in there with them, is my thought. Yep, looks like he does. Um, then I have uh, a Apothecary Detachment. One Apothecary has Artificer Armor and Power Sword. And one Apothecary has Power Sword, Augury Scanner, and Space Marine bike so the artificer armor power sword guy goes with the suzerains so here's the thing i didn't even think about this when i did it so i built this praetor just because he, this is the praetor he had and he said he wanted to use it so you're not supposed to be able to attach apothecaries to terminators but i'm not i'm attaching the apothecaries to the suzerains and then the terminators then joining the unit because he's independent character so i guess that's legal i don't think there's a problem with that is it kind of a weird no. thing that's a no. that's a good way around well not really i mean it's not like because i mean if you don't the he's running a praetor in tartarus like he's basically just doing it because it's the model like it's worse yeah. than just running it in artificer armor it's not like we found a loophole or anything but anyway that's how it's designed um because that's how the models that he had so then for fast attack i have a unit of 10 outriders uh, all 10 have melt bombs. The sergeant has a power weapon, probably an axe. That's what I would do. Um, and then three of the basic dudes also have power weapons, um, probably axes. Uh, for the second fast attack choice, I have a squadron of three javelins. All three have multi-meltas and twin-linked cyclone missile launchers. For heavy support, uh, I have fire after gunship, with turret-mounted Reaper auto cannons, and four hell strikes for your anti-air. And then for the second heavy support, a Sakaran Arcus strike tank with Sky Spear warheads and dozer blades. So this is kind of the similar thing that we talked about in the uh, the uh, the Imperial Fist one we just did. This one is less close combat. You got the Suzerains in there for some close combat. And then the Outriders are decent. They're okay close combat. Uh, this one's 3,000 points. Um this has a, a really wide variety of units in it. You got land speeders, the Arcus, the Fire Raptor, the Outriders, which are rad with the Apothecary attached to them, obviously. The Suzerains with the Terminator Praetor, Tactical Support Marines, Breacher Marines with fucking um, Power Swords, which is pretty cool, and the two Predators. So this is like, this would be really cool on a display board. A lot of variety there. 
So I'm looking at the rule right now. It says only squads entirely comprised of models with the infantry type and Legion of special rule are eligible to be joined by a Legion Apothecary and squads equipped with Terminator armor or the Daemon special rule may not be joined by a Legion Apothecary. But here's the thing. You do it during list construct. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's an independent character. So, but like your independent character will either will join either of those units though. Like if your independent character, like here's your independent character and the apothecary are going to join that unit if you put them in that unit. Then at that point, it's illegal because they cannot join a unit with Terminator armor, ever. But what I'm saying is they're permanently assigned and attached. So like if you have a say you have a 20 man tactical squad on the table. Mm-hmm. And you put it, and you you've attached an apothecary during list construction, deployment, whatever, because it's not an independent character. That apothecary becomes a member of that unit, right? Okay. So so later on in the game, like turn one, I can't move my Terminator guy over there and join the unit. That seems that's weird. What, that's what it sounds like. That makes zero sense, but. That's an FAQ uh, question if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I've I've never had it thought it like would come up. I've never thought about it to be honest with you. I mean, I get why they did it. They did it so you couldn't buy an apothecary attached to terminators. Cool. Gotcha. I get it. But it seems weird that it would preclude independent characters. Regardless, this list is only 29.85 and this apothecary is 65 points. So 15, you need to find 15 points. You could find that easy and then just make him a Primus Medicaid. Yeah. Problem solved. Or, um, if you didn't want any arguments or, uh, just swap your Praetor out for one that's in power armor. Like I said, a lot of these choices were just because it was the models that he had. If you read his little thing. So, you could probably drop the Sky Spears and Dozer Blade uh, off the Arcus because you already have the Fire Raptor for AA. Um, or you could just you could do that. You could drop a single Outrider bike, any of that stuff. And then with the spare points, um, just make that guy a Primus Medicaid instead and then throw him in there anyway. Boom, done. Bam. Dunskies. Sounds good, man. Terminators and tanks. That seems like the uh, the standard. Like <laughs> Terminators and tanks. This doesn't have any Terminators in it. This is the one guy. This is Aaron. Yeah, this is Aaron. Yep. So. Alright. Then I sent you another story that we had. So, story number two. So this one comes from Powerful May? Yeah. Okay. It says, hello, and thank you in advance. Uh, Wanted to pick your brain for a sec for a 3K Mazan list and looking for inspiration. Sagyar Mazan list and looking for inspiration. But first, payment and stories. Uh, So I work at a library and got appointed to be a health and safety rep for the union that I belong to. We drew straws and happened to be me. So on attending my first meeting, I was met by a few people that also seemed to be in the same position. 
Uh, we were all asked about the person leading the meeting to trade some stories about the health and safety issues we had in the workplace and how we thought we should resolve them. Most of the stories were just the common stuff of we had a delivery guy who kept leaving boxes in the wrong place or we had to pull up some carpet because it was frayed and they couldn't replace it and became a trip hazard. So we come to my story, my library being a shopping center, and at one point during the day while I was at the counter, some of the people out in the back heard a crash and someone had fallen from the roof and smashed on the floor of the female toilets. Luckily, no one was in there, especially as they are also the... It is also a baby-changing area. So it turned out that there was a gap between the walls at the top of the roof, having redone the roof, having redone the roof at various points to stop there being a gap. At some point, someone had just laid some bricks on top of the wall, not using any adhesive to fill the gap, and left them balancing there. They had remained there for what we assume must have been a good 10 to 15 years. Very cool. So just that's a, that's load-bearing. On inspection, over two months later, they also discovered a mop head and some Lego up there. Now, you may think the wall must not have very been ta- very tall for a for Lego and a mop head. There, what's a Lego? Like a Lego? Like Legos? Like you, the kind you don't want to step on in the dark? Yeah. <laughs> you know, small yellow people with fucking shovel hands. Those guys. Yeah. Uh, okay, whatever. Now you may think what would wall... it what would it be like what would it be like to jack off as a Lego person? Great, <laughs> I like to think. Let's, but... <laughs> let's just, just ponder that while Michael finishes the, the story. But the issue is would be the articulation of your shoulder joint and lack yeah. of penis in your plastic yeah, board. If, so... <laughs> if, you, if you gripped too hard, would your hand come off, still clamped to your penis, like with the like wrist bone still sticking out of it? <laughs> Oh. The tolerance are so tight on Legos that I don't imagine that it'd be fun at all. Because like, this is not a lot. It'd be it'd be wild. Okay, would it just so be, anyway? Yeah, I think your dick's just painted on anyway. I don't think you can yeah, really that hand around. It. <laughs> it's just like rubbing. Um, they also discovered a mop head and some Lego up there as well. Now you may think this wall must have not been very tall for a Lego and a mop head to get up there, but no. This wall is at least seven to eight meters tall. Oh my gosh. That's like Whoa. 24 foot tall, like 30 foot tall, like I guess 20 foot tall. Now, what makes this worse and why it took so long to get it cleaned up and was had get it cleaned up was that it had smashed the tile floor. This library shopping center was built in the 70s, so you can probably hazard a guess at what the flooring is made of. Any guesses? Tile. Asbestos. So due to that, we had a person go off with stress as they were the one who had gone to inspect the... They had gone to inspect the damage initially and thought she was going to die. The guys from property services came along and just safety taped up the gaps around the door and seemed to think that would be enough. This is despite the female toilets having an air vent that leads into the gents next to it left unsealed. Of course, the staff all refused to use the toilets for three months until it was fixed, and we had to go on a five-minute walk to the nearest public ones. All is finally okay now, but was fun while it lasted. So I was happy with myself, having shared what I assumed was the best story of the day, but no. The leader of the group said we had a rule for the whole of the county council, who I work for. The rule was the men of the Sikh face are not allowed to climb ladders. 
the reason is that we seek have some religions that things that means they can carry daggers with them and are allowed to. Okay. The reason is that we seek have some religious thing that means they can carry daggers with them if they're allowed to. This person climbed a ladder to attach a poster to the counter to show off the new promotion we were doing. They fell from the ladder and landed on their side. This person proceeded to make a muffled, gargled scream in pain, and a large pool of blood pulled around him and his dagger had... And his dagger had... Pool of blood pulled around him as his dagger slipped from his belt and stabbed him through the lung. Holy shit. Oh, that's not good. Nope. The other Indeed person who was working with him had been trained in first aid, but of course was no help in this situation. Dude, I'm, I'm trained in first aid. I know CPR, like... Like they, 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 like working for the oil field, they make sure you're trained. I have no fucking clue what to do if somebody gets stabbed in the lung with a dagger. Yeah, so like Seek, Seek falls off a ladder and impales himself on his own dagger. That's just a bad day, bro. Like, oh, like, a little, little bit of uh, tensionema thorax there, my good sir. <laughs> yeah. You are in a world of pain. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that one lung does the work for the two. I really don't know what you're even supposed to do. It does like, not. I'd be Spoiler Googling alert. like a motherfucker as I was calling 911. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other person was working had been trained in first aid but of course was no help in the situation more so because seeing the large pool of blood uh, had caused him to faint and smashed her head across the edge of the wooden desk counter <laughs> this had opened a wound on her head as it cracked her skull that meant that the two <laughs> staff were both the down and helpless in their own pools of blood uh, to make it even better, they had no customers in the library at the time either, or maybe they had fled the scene. However, the person who worked in the cafe below <laughs> heard the initial crash and ignored it, but on hearing a second crash, had assumed that someone in the library was going on and trying to get their attention. So went upstairs to see what was going on. They, of course, ended up phoning the 999 for the ambulance and having to explain that there was a stab victim and nearby an unconscious woman the only explanation she could think of due to the entirely missing the fact that the ladder was there somehow was that the two of them had attacked each other and for some <laughs> reason and she had stabbed him or he'd attacked her and cracked her skull open and decided the only way out was to commit suicide. So, <laughs> wow. That's a, uh, that's pretty wild, man. That's a, uh, that's one hell of a story. Like I don't, I didn't know that. But like the rule is no Sikh people could carry daggers. Like what? Or no no Sikh people could climb <laughs> ladders. They're totally cool with the dagger things. They're just like. Well, the the dagger is a religious thing. The ones that yeah. I've seen, the the Sikhs that I've seen here, they always wear it on a like a necklace thing. I've yeah. never seen that before in my life. That's crazy, really. Yeah, I think they're. I think Sikhs. Okay, this is fucking white hillbilly dude <laughs> yeah. from Indiana. So I'm about to offend everyone. I get this totally wrong because I'm not looking it up. I believe they're from northern India, like yeah, that's where the where it's from, right? And yeah. and it's like a you know it's a religious sect of people, and they I don't know why they always have to carry daggers, but I knew that it's like part of their religion. And the the ones that I've seen here, they wear them like on a necklace thing, like flavor flay, but with a dagger. Nice. Uh, so it's uh, dude. I saw this they're thing. They're required to wear five articles of faith at all times, and that's part of one and that's of their five a, articles. That's okay. That's there you long. go. Gotcha. Yeah. I saw this thing on the news where two. They have the head wraps too, right? They're the yeah, ones with the yeah, elaborate head wraps. Yeah. So they ha- they ha- they have like a 
it was like two Sikh temples got pissed off at each other and how they settle things in that part of the world is they had have a, a Donnybrook sword fight with fucking <laughs> like several hundred people with sabers. I was like, that's <laughs> fucking sweet. I was like <laughs> No, here here in Indiana, we have a Sikh temple here in Indiana, somewhere fairly local, and they just had a big big Donnybrook, like a big like fist fight. And of course all the fucking ignorant hillbillies were like, What? They're what? And they're fighting? That's dangerous. Like they didn't know what was going on. Like they thought they were like terrorists or some shit. I don't know. So they like they like had to have they had like the, the Sikhs who are like just you know normal, totally like nothing's no nefarious, just whatever. Were like they had they had like some big press conference to make sure like because they were like we never get mentioned, and then the one time we're mentioned is because we had this big like knockout dragout brawl. Yeah. <laughs> we punched each other in the face in the parking lot, yeah. like other good rural Indianans. <laughs> yeah. So they, I guess they felt real bad, so they had to like have a press conference that were like, "Don't worry, like this is not a common thing. We won't let it happen again." It was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm watching this sword fight Scott was talking about. It's it's oh, pretty, dude, it's wild. That's man. real. That is some <laughs> they're giving it their all too. It's so funny because you're watching all these people who clearly don't want to get hit with swords. <laughs> like, well, yeah, who wants to get hit with a sword? Good policy. Good policy to have. <laughs> so like they're all running. Like it's like a wave. Like they'll run away and then they'll like rally and then they'll all run at the same time and the other group will run away. Like don't hit me, don't hit me, don't hit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, it's so scary. Jesus, oh, man. man. It's like a hundred like dudes versus a hundred dudes with swords. And they all like... Or... Yeah, yeah. They're fucking, hey, Alistair, hold our beer. Like, that's what they... Yeah. <laughs> One minute you're working in IT support, and the next minute you lose your hand to a rapier. <laughs> like, Jesus. Well, what's crazy is like, so... So, like, think about it. Like, okay, let's say that somehow this went on in America and, like, somehow, like, it was, like, let's say it was, like, just two buildings of people fighting each other for some reason. It was totally cool. And it was, like, hey, we're going to go beat them up. We're going to beat the shit out of them. Like Judge Dredd? Like Judge Dredd when they're shooting each other? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say everybody had a sword just to make it more understandable. I don't okay. feel confident enough that I know everybody in my building, because they aren't uniformed. Like they don't have like some sort of identifier. So like I don't. It's like the weather. It's like Weatherman with Ron Burgundy, where they have like the fucking fight with tridents and shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, but it's like a hundred people versus a hundred people. Like, like let's say there's a hundred people. Like, let's say your company fought another company. Your company has like a hundred people. Do you honestly know everybody in your company to identify them in a giant sword fight? Like, I don't no. think I have the. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, just, you would have to just quickly, like, tie, like, red armbands on or something and then hope <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like, like paintball? Like, blue team, red team? Like, and then <laughs> do you have a ref? Like, how do they score that? Is it, like, 10, 9 rounds, like MMA? Like, <laughs> to the a, death? A, you... a fucking. Is it to is point it just, must system? <laughs> yeah, is it like just to the death? Like whoever is the last guy alive, or do they Get just a like, round score, if like, you fucking kill someone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, it's like wrestling. Like when blue team gets a good fucking stab in, like the wrestling guy with the with the blue wristband like raises that hand, like one point blue team, <laughs> red team. Like that's fucking that's wild. What, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like dude. Like I don't. How do you like? You got to be pretty damn confident. 
Like who you're gonna stab with the sword? It's like, yeah, I got him. That's that's that is Kenneth from accounting. Like, oh, does it, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh fuck, I'm so sorry, Kenneth. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know. Like, why do you think I was facing that way? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so we had a list that he sent in. <laughs> that's it? a cool. A cool that's a cool story though it's wild yeah it led to so much so uh he sent in he basically he wanted a white scar 3k cigar uh sagyar mazan list and he sent in a big old a big giant list of what he had he yeah and he we me and him had a discussion we weren't sure because he was trying to figure out what to combo it with because you have to use uh Shattered Legions to build this. We ended up settling on Loyalist Sons of Horus, of all things. So it's yeah. White Scars and Loyalist Sons of Horus. So, uh, so eight, so H, so this is a Shattered Legion Sagir Mizon list. So for HQ, the the White Scar HQ is a Praetor with Paragon Blade, Melt Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Cyberhawk on a bike. Um, and he's taken right of war Sagir Mizon. Um, then for the second HQ, which is Sons of Horus, it's a chaplain with a Crozius Arcanum that's an axe, Artificer Armor, Bolt Pistol, Melt Bombs, Refractor Field, and Jump Pack. Um, for troops, the White Scar troops are 10 Tactical Marines. The Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Power Glaive, and they're in a Rhino with Penalmata Multimelta. And for the Sons of Horus troops, it's 14 Assault Marines. Uh, the Sergeant has Artificer Armor Power Weapon. Uh, two of the normal guys have Power Weapons, and the entire unit has Melt-A-Bombs, and the Chaplain goes in there with them. For Elites, uh, it's a, there's a 10-man Veteran Squad that are White Scars. The Sergeant has Artificer Armor Power Glaive. Um, two of the basic guys have Combi Meltas, and two of the basic guys have Melt-A-Guns. And they're in a Rhino with Pinnel Mount and Multimelta. For the second Elite's Choice, it's a Sun, Sons of Horus Apothecary with Jump Pack. And he, uh, he goes with the Assault Marines and the Chaplain. And then for the third Elite's Choice, it's a Sons of Horus uh, Justarian Terminator Squad. And the Justarian have two Lightning Claws and three Chain Fists. And they're in a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. Um, for fast attack, there is a white scar unit of 10 outriders. The sergeant has a power glaive. Three of the 10 outriders have uh, power axes, and the entire unit has melt bombs. And then for the other, there's two more fast attack units. Um, you could make these Sons of Horus or white scars. I would probably make them white scar, um, but it doesn't matter because they're vehicles. It's just however you wanted to paint them. Uh, but they're Javelin attack speeders. Both of them have multi-melta and twin-link cyclone missile launchers. So there's just a, a single Javelin as one fast attack, and then a single Javelin as another fast attack. And then for heavy support, there's a Sikorin Venator tank destroyer with Dozer Blade. And I personally would paint that Sons of Horus. But you don't have to. You paint it whatever. And like I said, that is a Sagir Mizon list. Cool. And, like, that's pretty much using everything he had listed. The guy going through it. 
Yeah, because I had to. I had to use model. He had a big list of models that he had available, so I wanted to stick to that. And there were certain legions he didn't didn't want to do. Um, and like I went with Sons of Horus because of their dirty fighter rule. The assault marines would work really well with that, and so would the Justaren with the lightning claws that I threw in there. And yeah, so that's kind of why I did that. And then obviously the white scars you want. Uh, I did the bikes to represent the white scars. The Praetor obviously goes with the big Outrider unit. Um, so, yeah. I think it works out pretty well. Pretty good list. Lots of variety in it. And never ever seen that in my life. So, <laughs> like, you will be one of a kind. <laughs> for sure. <Yes. laughs> you don't see a lot of white scars players, but you definitely don't see Shattered Legion white scars on Zoras. <laughs> like, at all. Oh. Yeah, it would look cool on the tabletop with that mint green and black with the white and red. It would look pretty sharp. Yeah. Would you do Sons of Horus or would you like like paint them Luna Wolves? Sons of Horus. Very cool. I get it. So that's it for lists, guys. That's actually going to be it for this episode. I mean, if you have a list you want to send in, Michael at Warhammer30k.com, Ryan at Warhammer30k.com, Scott at Warhammer30k.com, or Derek at Warhammer30k.com. Send it in. Uh, we will get to it. Uh, story not necessary, but definitely, you know, we do enjoy reading your stories off on air. Um, if you enjoy this show, we do have a Patreon. Uh, Radio for Istvan on Patreon. You can, for as little as a dollar, jump in there. You can support the show, and you can be added into a group of individuals called the Crusader Host, and they will... Um, talk warhammer 30k with you all day and you'll get to see a shitload of bear memes on the closed group that we're also in so that's always a good time uh as well guys july 1st hard cutoff for heresy camp to get your tickets so get those tickets in i mean that is right around the corner uh i mean that's what like less than a week away at this point i think it's exactly one week away at this point so by the time you're hearing this you probably have six days to get your heresy camp ticket you can get that by going to heresycamp.com and you can go to register and it'll lead you to the event by bright page that will uh, uh, let you purchase those tickets. So July 1st, hard cutoff, guys. Uh, get your friends to go, man. It's going to be a great time. Tons of sponsors. Shout out to them. Uh, and let us know. You can check our schedule at heresycamp.com. You can look at our schedules and you can see what kind of events we're going to offer. It's going to be a fucking fantastic time. Uh, other than that... I guess we can move on to some music and close out the show. Move on to Powerful Canty. Good night, sweeties. <laughs> From the time he was born, the only things he got from growing up were the will to fight and hatred there was never anyone to love him no one that's why I wanted to save him I thought I could but I was wrong he looked at me like like he'd never known me there was no recognition at all <laughs> 